This is also like the first time I'm willingly drinking since Thursday. So Okay, well, we had at least six rounds of shots. I think maybe more. It was funny because I got home and I was holding that paper bag with your two bottles of wine. And I was holding like in my hand my second drink. But at some point I took stuff out and I looked in the paper bag and there was my other drink. And I was like, when did I put this here? So welcome everyone to Bottomless Broadway where we talk musicals over mimosas. By now, we've talked everything over mimosas, but (laughs) today we're really venturing into the post-COVID age of theater entertainment, and we're going to talk about an online, like, episodal musical called A Killer Party. I've written a great murder like a five words on this or my five words are fun for the whole family Mm because i i did just find it really fun like it has a lot of easter eggs for theater fans but you don't have to be a theater fan to enjoy it and like it's it's just like a a fun show yeah i didn't prepare five words i'm not i'm not even sure what i think about it yet i think the music's actually better than what i expected (laughs) but i don't know if this is my favorite format to intake musicals yeah, definitely. It is like a lot more highly produced than I expected also because I watched the first episode way back when when they only had the first episode out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, there's multiple camera angles. Like <laughs> that's already clearing a ton of bars. The editing is pretty funny. I took a lot of notes on like hilariously bad editing. <laughs> I mean, like obviously they can't make it perfect because they're all in separate houses mm-hmm. trying to pretend like it's one house, all the actors. So the story here is that there's like a community theater in Duluth, Minnesota, where like an ex-Broadway star slash like child star slash outcast who <laughs> played Gavroche in Les Miserables uh, as a kid. Um, is like the director, his name's Varthur MacArthur, and he has, um, he's written a murder mystery musical and he's invited his entire cast and crew over to his house for dinner to go over the script. And everyone has a part already. Most of them arrive dressed for the part. They kind of all have like these raving opinions of Varthur, but then Right before dinner, the lights go out and some screams happen. Let's come back on. Varthur is murdered and dead. Um, A detective gets called. She comes in, quarantines everyone to a separate room in Varthur's home. Um, And then she interviews him separately and a lot of drama comes out and you figure out their real opinions of Varthur. Um, And I think that's really it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think they did a really good job with the format. When I when I first watched it, just the first episode alone, besides the dinner party scene where they just have sort of little like headshot cards of people like around a background of a dinner table to show where they're sitting. Yeah. Besides that scene, I thought it actually it, it didn't seem like the separate filming locations was a hindrance. It, they almost made it into part of the aesthetic they do a lot of split screens but they're like very zippy 
split screen so that it's like or just like pans across um, different characters, which I thought worked really well. It looked very polished for just like not having people in the same place. I mean, I wouldn't totally say it's polished, but I think the show is like can't be enough to pull it off. Yeah. Um, and I did enjoy like um, just having like their separate Zoom screens placed on like the dining table yeah. chairs as if they were actually sitting around it. I thought that was actually really funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and because like they do get banished to their individual rooms when the detective comes in, there's like a lot of referencing to isolation and quarantine, <laughs> which is pretty appropriate. That's such a, a good song. It's called Stuck. They're just like complaining about how bored they are. And it's funny because, you know, they're all suspects. So they're like, my hands are clean. I'm all alone here. I'm all alone here. They say there's a killer that's outside the door. The only thing I know for sure I'm stuck I'm stuck I'm stuck How long is this gonna last? I don't take isolation well I'm stuck Back to what you said about the format I thought the super short episodes was a little choppy for me Same And like if I didn't have the cast album in front of me I would have a lot of trouble like piecing together what happened first and second yeah and it I I didn't think it was that bad for the first one because the first one is just like he invites people over they sing the title song a killer party which is basically them showing up for this murder mystery party script reading thing and then Varther dies Um, And then and that seems like a pretty solid place to end it. But the second one, it was about how the detective got called and um, and them getting quarantined. And she's like knocking on the door of one and she's like about to walk in when it ends. And that seemed a lot more abrupt to me. And also because we were watching it on Vimeo and Vimeo doesn't have like a Netflix play next episode thing. So you had to scroll down and like click on the next episode manually and yeah little title sequence and all that wait one other thing there's no caption some of the songs are a little hard to understand that would have helped a lot yeah i agree like i mean i get where they're coming from it's just kind of like a lot of recorded musicals and movie musicals are at that two hour mark and so like they're probably trying to be something a little different nine minute episodes are just ridiculous the good thing is like when i was trying to finish the last couple episodes up today it was really easy to like watch a little and then work and then watch another one (laughs) um did you have any like favorite characters that popped out um i think my favorite songs are um boom shout the lights went out with miguel sarantas that was good it was a little unfortunate because I think he had a less good mic when he was recording that song. So mm. it, it sounds a little fuzzy and it's like pretty obvious in the show too. But I, I do like that. Yeah. And um, I really like Shipload of Fools with Alex. <laughs> um, I, I thought the song itself was okay, but it's like a song that is explaining um, what the script that Vartha wrote was. And it's like a, a circus, cruise, trapeze thing that it's pretty hard to follow isn't it (laughs) yeah but it's it's funny because there's like this sort of like sepia toned the ship kind of bobbing up and down across waves and 
um, Alex Newell is singing the song to Justine Case, who's the director or who is the detective. But then every time a new character is brought into the plot, you just see this little like ship with like another sort of headshot kind of like <laughs> on it. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. On the open sea. I was really happy with this song because I didn't like Circus on the Sea very much. Yes, I agree. Um, and I thought Alex deserved a little better. So <laughs> I'm glad that Shipload of Fools came up. Circus on the Sea. Like listening to it mm-hmm. afterwards, I think it's not a bad song. It's definitely a parody, or at least the intro is a parody of This Is Me from Greatest Showman, which is pretty funny because that's also about a circus. Mm-hmm. But because all the songs up till now had been part of the plot, it's like the detective talks about getting the call. Um, they talk about being in quarantine and... Clark talks about what happened during the 60 seconds. So this just seemed like a daydream of what would have been in this show. It it just seems to really stop the plot. But I mean, so I think Shipload of Fools as well as Boom Shot the Lights Went Out are both like a lot happens because you already said Shipload of Fools talks about the actual like murder mystery musical that Arthur wrote for them to play. Um, and then boom chat, the lights went out, go through like the 60 seconds of the actual murder that happened. So it's like play within a play. Very, is it like a Hamlet trope or something? I'm not sure <laughs> anymore. I, yeah. And I had to replay boom chat, the lights went out so many times to actually figure out who was standing where, because he doesn't even say it in the song because like the rhymes are pretty lazy. So he's just like, this person, this person were here and they were here. And he, he's just literally says like here, there across this thing. <laughs> When listening to that, I was like, "Should I be taking notes?" And right. like, and and you just see like Justine Case played by um, Jessica Keenan Win, like just like madly scribbling on her pad, and I'm like, you know, it seems like she's got it handled. <laughs> just like leave it up to her. Yeah, I thought it was kind of it was kind of difficult to understand there, but it was fun. Like especially um like when he's like stage left that means right which is the title of the episode but also in the song and i like how he uses like all, like all those theater terms when like the detective justine case is like so tell me what happened and he's like let me just show you the blocking i wrote it all down and i'm like okay and then he's like so it's a dining table a simple unit set and i'm like okay go on <laughs> like, that stuff was pretty fun and so here's the dining room it is a simple unit set with George and Vivica right here in shade draped over the banquet and brought across the center stage he always knew to find his light we all went down stage left to counter him oh stage left that means right Barthur said please take a seat and Cameron started pouring wine and Lily sat right next to Barthur in the seat that should be mine when boom shout the lights went out and in 60 seconds everything had changed I do think they had a lot of really good um, theater jokes in it. And I wrote down some of the lyrics, which I thought were funny, in A Killer Party. Um, it's mainly Varthar singing it and talking about this like amazing show he's written. And one of the lines is just, Oliver ain't the best twist. I was like, <laughs> all right, that's, that's a pretty solid one. Uh, Jared Spector plays a character named George Murderer. And there's a lot of, like, just like, it's overdone, but it's just, 
funny every time too mm-hmm. whenever like the detective's like and who are you and he's like george murderer he's like no that's my name yeah i also in stuck um someone sings a line that's like i swear i've done nothing wrong so why am i in quarantine and it's like i'm stuck i don't do isolation well should i be productive or should i be ripping toilet paper or something like that just like wow it's just really on the nose right now and then they like launch into a TikTok dream sequence question. Oh, yeah. I did like the the bloopers of that during the the credits scene. They had sort of all the takes of them trying to do this TikTok. Da- I don't even know if it's a real TikTok dance, but they were trying mm-hmm. to do the dance and just like messing up and it's pretty funny watching that too. Yeah. Oh, and for a lot of the playouts, they also use like actual community theater kids who Yeah, that was to really sing. Cool. That was cool. Um, you know how when we were talking about Hamilton, we were like, wow, there were truly like 25 people in colonial times. That's how I feel about Duluth, Minnesota. It's like your leading lady is also your real estate agent. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Lily. Like she was probably my favorite. (laughs) She is the leading lady of this new show, but she has a rivalry with Vivica, who was the leading lady of like all the other shows. Lily is Christina Alabato and Vivica is Laura Osnes. And Lily has this like really funny song where she keeps trying to sing about herself and she keeps getting interrupted by different things. And I was trying to figure out what her songs were references to because there's four of them. And the last one is definitely Far From the Home I Love from Fiddler. And the first one felt kind of like a song from Smash and the third one could kind of be a rent song, but the second one was just like a classic country song. And I was like, who is this girl? Like, assuming this is all in character and she's just like singing these random songs, she's just like, I can do anything. I'm going to just change up the genre every time. My daddy ran the general store. My mom was a gynecologist. Can't help it if the spot in the booth only shines upon the new grand dame of Duluth. I actually thought today's detective, the first detective song, was very crazy ex-girlfriend. The part where like she can't get her trench coat out of the door. Was <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Just, like, her trying on all the different outfits, like, oh my god, what would I look best in when I explain who the murderer is? She's just like a full Sherlock gear and she's like, Maybe I shouldn't do this, but then she goes with it anyway. <laughs> she looks great in it too, so it's like I was like, damn, she really pulls that off. Yeah, but I literally thought that like she changed for like six hours before making her the crime scene. <laughs> what song was it in the show where someone actually like says the book isn't the star or something like that? Ooh. Do you remember? I remember that line. I don't remember. I just think it's like quite funny because I feel like that actually sums up this show pretty well. Because like looking at it, you know, it's like not Broadway quality. But when I look at the cast album, it's not shabby. Like none of the songs are amazing. And like as far as character arcs go, it's not great. But I don't think the songs are any less memorable than like the songs in Diana, to be honest. I think. I actually think I like these songs better. Yeah, there's some good numbers. Yeah. It's just like the entire plot is just like Detective Justine Case goes around the rooms of this mansion interviewing people who each give her a solo. (laughs) It's definitely more of a character piece, but then each character only really gets like 10 minutes of screen time. So it kind of doesn't work out that way. But 
like I would have been interested, even if the actual mystery is super straightforward, which it kind of is. I would have been super interested in just spending like a complete like TV length episode with each of these characters just because they have like, you know, it's like the classic. They just have so much drama with each other. And I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of that could have been mined more. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like as as far as quarantine content goes, I feel like this is, you know, about as good as you can ask for. Also, like, it's not the twist of a lifetime or anything, but I didn't solve the case until, like, like right before the mm-hmm. song where she solves it, actually. Yeah. Regarding cameras, like, I didn't think it was amazing, but obviously, like, you know that they're separate, so no one really cares. Mm-hmm. Like, but the stuff where it's kind of, like, when they're switching between the wife, Joan, and then detective, <laughs> like, they're so clearly standing in two different houses because, like, the lighting in their house is totally different. Yeah. The thing that I found out, found was really funny is that so the detective has a little Ziploc that she keeps like random pieces of evidence in. And um, she like holds out her Ziploc so that one of the other characters can drop something in there. Um, but then obviously like they're in two separate houses in actual COVID quarantine right now, the actors. So like one of the suspects like probably has like someone else staying in their house, hold out a Ziploc and then he drops like something into that Ziploc. But then the Ziploc at his house has like um like a blues closing strip. Um and then the Ziploc that the detective holding is pink. And they just like like they the video cuts it so seamlessly that like it should be one Ziploc, but they're two completely different colors. I thought that was so funny. I think like I mean, they probably didn't do it on purpose, but I feel like the vibe of the show definitely plays into that. It's like, yeah, we all know we're not fooling anyone. Yeah, exactly. Someone just gave this Talk about who's this kitchen nervous boy? He's played by Drew Galing, and his name is Cameron Mitchell John, which is also funny because John Cameron Mitchell is an actual like theater person. <laughs> but <laughs> I think his um, title card said like perpetually in the chorus or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be this like really bad actor, and he he acts really nervous and can't stop making death puns when he's talking to the detective. And he's just, like, quarantined in the kitchen and, like, stressed. I don't know. His whole arc was very confusing. And then he has, like, a fever dream of Jeremy Jordan, which was a weird song. But it was so weird that I was into it. I was a little sad about um, just, like, how little Jeremy Jordan was in it. Yeah. Um, his song is fine. It wasn't amazing. It, I did laugh at it. I remember looking at the cast and it was, like, Jeremy Jordan as Jeremy Jordan. And I was, like, okay, what? What's going on? I mean, the cast is actually super impressive, but... So Cameron Mitchell John, this dude. Um, so it's really funny because I went to the cast and crew page and kind of checked everyone out. Um, and he has the longest like list of credentials ever. Like it's like three times longer than everyone else. He's <laughs> just like professional course boy. No, I'm amazing. <laughs> um, but what I love about it is like, so this page actually kind of freaked me out because all of the actors um, in their headshots are carrying actual like scary murder mysteries mm-hmm. um, like the phantom toll booth 
and the silent patient and like things that like kind of creep me out a little. And then he is holding in the dark from the Bernstein Bears, (laughs) (laughs) a literal picture book. I I was wondering about that because I was I was wondering if they were just like, hey, find the scariest book you have in your house right now. And everyone has like an actual novel of a book or they just like went on and got one. He's like, what do I have in my house that I can use as a scary book? <laughs> so I had seen this because these were the photos that they had posted on Instagram as a teaser. And mm-hmm. they just post they all posted it. No description, but they had hashtag what's in the soup. And everyone was just mm-hmm. like, what? is happening like what is this about no one had heard anything and then we were like and that was about when like andrew barth feldman's live broadway whodunit came out and we we're like is this another murder mystery thing that's happening but um but yeah and and it was so but this is like a tv show and a musical so that's pretty cool wait okay so back to cameron mitchell john he's very confusing to me so the murder happens the lights come on he's literally holding a knife and sometime later in the show they try to explain it but that like went over my head and he's just like i don't know if he's having like a panic attack or something but like he goes into the kitchen he hides like under the cabinets and then like repeatedly tells himself to not eat the canapes even though as far as we know nothing's wrong with the canapes i just i have no idea what's going on with him i yeah i literally didn't understand why he was holding a knife or why he was flipping out i think he was like in the kitchen already and he was maybe preparing food um when he came in and so like when he heard stuff happening he just like ran in and that's why he had a knife was because he was like actually in the kitchen doing stuff like i only cared about him because of jeremy jordan and they made like pretty solid Jeremy Jordan. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, like I want to be. I'm always in the chorus, but I just really want to be a star." Like my favorite Broadway actor, Jeremy Jordan. And Justine Case is like, "Who's that?" And he's like, "Oh, he's just this big Broadway star, but he does TV now." And I was like, "Wow." Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, a guy with two first names." And he's like, "I have three. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Also, the editing in Jeremy Jordan's song is quite good. So basically, like, Cameron Mitchell-John has, like, a fever dream because he's, like, so down on himself and sad. And then he sees Jeremy Jordan's face in, like, a cake in the kitchen. And it's just, like, cheering him on. Like, you got this dude. You're a lion. No, you're not a lion. Maybe a cheetah. Not a cheetah, but definitely some kind of big cat. Don't worry about it. (laughs) That's basically the whole song. But then, like, Jeremy Jordan is on this, like, fake green street green screen backdrop where he's just like running with lions um and then at some point they edit camera mitchell john onto the same green screen and again they're obviously in separate houses but they actually like synchronize dance and high five each other like like pretty well like the editing and like just like the beat syncing was pretty impressive there yeah i thought it was cool it was a really good green screen job, actually. Yeah, he also spends five minutes, like, cheering on Cameron Mitchell-John. He's like, you're a big cat. Don't worry about it. You're awesome. And then finally, Cameron's like, yeah, I am awesome. And then, like, hops away. And then Jeremy Jordan's like, wait, you're not the murderer, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay. It's like, wait a second. Dude, I was once like you. Well, really not like you. But I could act like you if I had to, huh? And grow an actor on a no. You can't control the casting. I'm gonna go back to the cat thing. Be a cheetah. 
right after that, or at least shortly after that, is when, like, our detective finds something kind of real. I didn't mention this earlier, but when Martha died, he fell face first into a plate of soup. Detective goes back into the dining room and sees, like, a soupy handprint. And then she's like, oh, my God, I have to match the handprint. And then she has a whole song where she goes up to every single person in the house. And she's like, she's like, I hold up your left hand, hold out your right hand. And I'm like, I don't know why she needs both hands. There's just <laughs> there's like there's one handprint. And it's clearly like, I think the right hand, you know, like, what the fuck <laughs> is the left hand going to do for you? <laughs> yeah. I like the song weirdly, yeah, but still. <laughs> and then we have this like insane situation where Vivica, um, the old leading lady, and then George Murderer, our current and former leading man, is having an affair, and they're both fairly creepy. They're both a little murderous. And they have a whole song about how they want to be Bonnie and Clyde. But George Murderer wants to be Clyde and Bonnie because he has to go first. Um, and then the girl that plays Vivica um, actually did play in Bonnie and Clyde <laughs> in real life. With Jeremy Jordan as Clyde. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Wow. That's- this play that Bartha wrote, she's supposed to be the clown on the circus ship. And so she's like, you know, wearing this whole clown costume and stuff. And it, like, plays the intro of Send in the Clowns by Stephen Sondheim. And then she sings, like, her own clown song that's called Wait for My Cue. And then, like, George Murderer bursts in. They are, like, kind of jointly interrogated by the detective because they wanted to kill Varther. Um, And they sing this whole song about how they never miss at, like, whatever they're doing. So Vivica's talking about how she never misses at darts and then... Um, George Murderer is talking about how he never misses a beat in, like, his acting. Honestly, half the fun of this show is just watching the detectives' reactions whenever the characters sing their one character song. And she's just like, why am I here? What am I doing? I hate theater people. <laughs> my show, my hit, no shot in the dark. The end of the game for our theater's also okay so yeah like i get it's like a reading Arthur has just gotten everyone to his house to check out the script but he's cast his costume designer as well as his stage manager, as actual roles. And don't these people have jobs to do? (laughs) Alex has a real role in the play that's being written because he's playing the wife of the ringmaster who gets murdered in um, the play. And the whole time, Alex's character... What's Alex's character's name? Shea Crescendo. Shea Crescendo. So Shea, she's like completely convinced that this is just like, Farther playing with them. Like, she seems to be the only person who actually thinks that Shay is a genius. Everyone else is kind of just faking it. Oh, and, and she, like, 
keeps talking to the detective. She's like, yeah, of course someone got murdered. It's in the script. She's like, this is all part of Arthur's plan. Like, yeah. Just wait and you'll see. The detective's just like, uh, I'm going to go talk to someone else. She's just like, no, I'm his wife. And the detective's like, the detective's like, isn't his wife upstairs? And then she's like, what are you talking about? I'm his only wife. And they just have this whole thing going on. So Shay is totally stuck in um, the script. And then Farther's actual wife. Oh my God, she was so funny. Yeah, so she's extremely – first, what, what is she doing? Is that like an OnlyFans account that she has or something? OnlyFans ASMR account. <laughs> <laughs> so – and it's it's funny because you actually see the video as if it was like from the person watching the video that she's like live streaming. And she's like – she like, you know, holding stuff up and she has like two like Ziploc bags on her hands that she's like crinkling. She's talking in like – that ASMR voice thing. In a Russian accent. <laughs> and she has this like pink wig on and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's it's pretty wild. And and then her song also like is kind of off the rails. I was like, I don't know what's happening anymore. But she seemed to be having a lot of fun. First of all, like she either has like a gigantic house in the hills or like she traveled for that shit. Like she was she like a biked, pool. she swam, she was in a pool, she was in a lake, she was on a canoe. I was like, is that in your backyard or something? <laughs> what like, what happened? are you? Is this just like yeah. vacation footage left over? What's happening? And, but like the the filmography there was so good because when she was like bouncing to the beat on the canoe, she was making like perfectly timed ripples <laughs> in the water. And that looked so good, just like circles, just like rings of water around her in the mm-hmm. canoe. Um, who was the guy that she was doing her ASMR to? Is that like a guy I was supposed to recognize? I was wondering that too. I did not recognize him. And there's this whole subplot where like she hates her husband's theater and is trying to get rid of it. Yeah. I think all the characters were fun and generally likable or just like kind of interesting at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will handle all his paperwork and plan a memorial and then darling Carl, I'm getting on a Say goodbye to a life that's been so purgatorial and live my life out loud for a change. Find a place where I can finally have my own identity. Apply till I know that I'm out of range. Find a place where I'm not watching from the sidelines. Elimination was also pretty good. I like that song. Okay. Is that referencing anyone? Because it randomly starts looking very electronic-y. So, so this is a song where, like, detect the detective, um, she's just, like, she, she just, like, goes through process of elimination to figure out who is the murderer. Um, but the That's editing's cool. really weird. Like, it looks super futuristic. A little, I like, be more chillish. Be- but I don't think it's that. I think it's actually, it might be like a, I don't remember the exact genre, but it might be a disco throwback with like the leg warmers and stuff. Cause she had like these leg warmers on. That's true. That was so funny. Also, she did like some proper mountain climbers on the ground there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. So maybe it's like a jazzercise <laughs> throwback kind of thing. Maybe. Um, I wrote down a lyric from that song and it was called the body X, solve the Y, which I also thought was clever. Oh, and then. 
how um, the episodes would open with um, like an older detective Justine Case trying to write her, write her memoir. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, where do I start? I guess I'll start with this story. And then like she just cannot write for the life of her. So she does absolutely every other errand that exists in the world. Every episode that they show her, she has like a to-do list and she like crosses off everything on the to-do list. And then the next episode you see her, she has like a new to-do list. And it's just, Yeah, she like, just will not write. <laughs> She's like, yeah, fuck this. Which is a total quarantine move anyway. Who is the older Justine? I don't actually remember seeing her in the uh Carolee Carmelo. Um I did also like after she reveals the murderer, they do a kill the the murderer sings a killer party again, but it's like a dark reprise of it, which I thought was really cool. It's like in minor key now and like just kind of dark. Yeah. I do think for like a group of people that literally like aren't seeing each other ensemble numbers worked surprisingly well yeah um and there were quite a few of them all the ensemble the, numbers were pretty fun and i think I yeah those in general the most i agree but i think there was a good balance between like solos duets yeah. ensembles vivica and george murder are actually in the same house though right are they yeah. related or anything? um so i don't know what happened because uh laura osnes posted on her instagram she's like oh yeah we've been quarantining together for 108 days and the producers or whoever like knew that so they wrote us a song together which was really fun and she was like yeah thanks to um jared specter's wife for like keeping all our dogs from barking during the sh- like shots and from like her husband was the one filming them and all that and it was like okay the very first scene where everyone's arriving to um the dinner party cameron mitchell john is um just like standing by the coat closet and everyone's just like throwing their giant mink coats at him (laughs) um because he's like the runt of the pack like he's the chorus boy that never gets a line that must have been so fun to film at home. He probably just, like, had – is he married? I don't know. Like, his wife, girlfriend, whoever he's quarantining with probably just, like, stood six feet away from him with, like, a pile of coats next to her and just chucked them at him one at a time while he caught them. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, like, I think a lot of this show also – I was just trying to think of how they filmed a lot of stuff. Because also the dialogue. I was like, I'm wondering if they had, like – like, if they were super high-tech and they actually had someone else, like, on video call, like, delivering lines to them for them to react to, or if they just had, like, whoever was filming say the line, or if they just, like, knew their lines and weren't actually saying it back to something, or were just, like, kind of reciting them to the air, you know? And, like, yeah. and also, like, in the credit scene after um, Jeremy Jordan's song, you can see him, Andrew Galing, just sitting in front of their green screens, and I was like... Damn, those are like actual green screens. Yeah, I I totally was wondering the same thing, especially like back to the big cats dance. Like, I felt like, I mean, like I guess they could just listen to like the rhythm of the music, but it was well synced enough that I was like, I wonder if like he and Jeremy Jordan got on a Zoom call and just kind of worked it <laughs> yeah. out together. Where to begin when you write a memoir? Must you go all the way back? Surely you skip a few disgraces, cases you failed to crack. Where to begin when you write a memoir, probably with your big break. A crime scene full of theater people, they're the worst. Make no mistake. I'm 
that I watched it, it was actually more drawing than I expected. Like, it drew you in more than you expected? I mean, so you've watched a good amount of murder mystery musicals now. This is my first one. How do you think Uh, this compares? Okay, so the Andrew Barth Feldman one is not a musical. It's like, you know how you can do those murder mystery dinners? And so it's like that, where you just get a character. You don't even know if you're the murderer or not. You just get, like, a list of tasks that you need to do. So, like, the way that his are, are there four different Zoom rooms. And it's through a website that just, like, has a video player in each link. And they have, like, links to the other rooms. And so each person gets a character. And, like, at the beginning of the show, it's all live. So when they first start, that's, like, the first time they've seen their full, like, list of tasks tasks like you need to go talk to this person but it has to be you talk to them alone and you give them this letter or something like that and so you'll see the characters be like oh hey can I talk to you in the like in the rainbow room and they'll let go and so if you want to follow that storyline you would click into the link that takes you to the rainbow room and listen in as they talk there or you can stay in whatever room you're in if there's like other people there or just like you know click around and so you're always missing out on something, um, but it's it's Ooh. like it's not a musical and it's all improv. So it's like a very different experience. That's kind of like the immersive shows I've gone yeah. to. Um, that's really cool. Um, I read the Jesse Green review of just the first three episodes. I didn't read all of it because he's just not that interesting, but <laughs> I did read a little bit of it. Um and it's pretty funny. He was just like, I used to be very critical of new musicals. And I thought that they should only be produced if they had a true purpose. But six months into quarantine, all I can say is that I'm just happy to see talented people being active. And I'm just like, you sound like you're dying. Like, are you He's okay? like losing his life force. Yeah. Yeah. I read the whole thing and that like, like deathbed grandpa voice <laughs> like well, i used to think that shows could only be produced <laughs> I was like, okay the bernie sanders voice yeah has he written any articles recently i don't know what he would be talking about right so, now i don't remember if it was him or ben ben brantley but someone reviewed that sondheim concert which i didn't expect at all <laughs> i think they were just like very desperate to review something Wait, holy shit. He reviews everything. He posts like once or twice a week. Oh, that's not bad for <laughs> nothing happening. What else has he done? Well, <laughs> just by going off um, article titles, my favorite one must be this one because he sounds like pretty angry. Theaters are closed, but a zoo is open. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the, the theater journalists must be so... So bored. <laughs> Um, would you, would you watch a season two and what would you want season two to be about? I don't care about the plot that much, mm-hmm. but the cast is pretty good. And I honestly think like the songs aren't bad at all. So if they just wanted to keep writing Justine Case's memoir and move yeah. on to her second case, that would be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't mind watching it. And I do like how like accessible this is because like so many of the other shows that you sent me are only showing at like a specific time. Yeah. And the fact that like this is on demand for the foreseeable future and you can potentially watch 10 minutes of it at a time if you really needed to. Um, I think it is like, like we said, it's not our favorite format, but it definitely is like if, you know, you don't have the luxury of 
spending your evenings watching two-hour-long musicals, which, honestly, why wouldn't you? <laughs> if you don't, um, it's pretty good. What would you want for a second season? Or, like, would you want one? They couldn't have a second season with, like, all the same characters, you know? Like, so it would either be the detective or all the suspects. And I couldn't decide which one I would rather want. Ideally, I think it would be cool if we saw, like, another mystery with like the same actors or maybe a couple of new actors as well but like just playing different roles or something kind of like American Horror Story I mean it could also just be fun to like have a completely different detective with completely different actors and just like it'll be just like a series of of murder mysteries or something and just like bringing in different Broadway stars every time like that could be cool too I mean it's the most original thing I've seen in six months so I feel like that's it to be honest yeah Thanks for listening, and hopefully you enjoyed that. Let us know if you've seen this and what your thoughts were, and we will figure out what else we can cover during this great pandemic time. But now the Tonys are back on, so maybe keep an eye out for that. The show list is such... (laughs) It's so truncated. Yeah, not even West Side Story. They don't have any revivals. They have two people for leading actor. I mean, Percy Jackson's the only original score. So we'll see if they even nominate it. At this point, our Tonys are probably better. I know, right? Just listen to our episode. (laughs) At least we include all the shows. Yeah. Yeah. If you want a more expansive Tonys, check out our Phonies episode. Otherwise, you can subscribe to us on whichever podcast platform you're using. You can email us at bottomlessbway at gmail.com. And contact us on Twitter or Instagram at BottomlessBWay. And let us know if you have anything else you want to hear us cover. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Take your right hand down and hold.